I've been seeing and, and, and been in contact with, with people that are going through things and going through uh, challenges in their lives. And unfortunately, when we go through a challenge, most of us or most people don't know how to discern what they're actually going, going through. It's important that we have discernment about the things that we're going through, about seasons and about uh, 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 challenges and the things that God is presenting before us. Because if we don't discern properly, we won't know what the response is. So I want to talk a little bit this morning about storms and battles, but I want you to track with me because it's very important, the, the foundation that I, that I lay this morning. It's important that you hear it, that you understand it, because it's going to uh, require you to apply it uh, with, the rest of the, with the rest of the message that I'm going to speak about. So Proverbs 4, 5 to 7, Proverbs 4, 5 to 7 says, Get skillful and godly wisdom. Get understanding, discernment, comprehension, and interpretation. Do not forget and do not turn your back from the words of my mouth. Forsake not wisdom, and she will keep, defend, and protect you. Love her, and she will guard you. The beginning of wisdom is get wisdom. Skillful, godly wisdom. For skillful and godly wisdom is the principal thing. And with all you have gotten, get understanding, discernment, comprehension, and interpretation. With anything that we go through, any situation in life, the main thing the Bible tells us is that we are to get understanding. He says, in all you're getting, in all of you're getting, get understanding. This is the principal thing. This is the priority. In all the stuff that we accumulate, in all the nice stuff that we have, the cars, the houses, the, 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 the full bank accounts, amen. They, in all our getting, we are to get understanding. That is the principal thing, right? We need to, in any situation, any uh, uh, life challenge, whether it's a good, whether it's bad, any relationship, any disagreement that we have, the number one thing that we need to endeavor is to get understanding. What does that mean? Is that we need to have uh, the view and the, the mindset that we need to understand more and be understood less. What does that mean? It means that in any situation, our objective should be, I want to understand more and less to be understood. Because a lot of us want to be understood, right? We, you often hear it, but you don't, when someone says to you, but you don't understand. What are you trying to say? You need to understand me. I want to be understood. I want to be heard. But the word says, in all you're getting, get understanding. Our, our mindset should be, I should try less to be understood and more to understand. I should less, try less to be understood and more to understand. That, that one sentence will help you a lot in any, any situation. It will help you in your relationships. It will help you in your work. Why? Because when you have a fight, your first instinct is, let me try understand and less to be understood. That requires maturity. And obviously, sometimes you deal with people that don't have that understanding. And you must have the understanding that I need to understand first and be and less to be understood. So the word says that we need to, in all our getting, get understanding. Get understanding. But it seems that this is the one thing that Christians struggle with the most. To get understanding or discernment of where they're at. To get understanding or discernment of where they're at. Discernment. That word that says, uh, so, so, if you look at verse 7 or a couple of verses, six, uh, 5 to 7, it says, In wisdom, it, understanding is referred to discernment, comprehension, and interpretation. Discernment, 
comprehension and interpretation. Remember, you got to track with me this morning because I'm laying a foundation. The sermon, the word, the sermon is at the most basic definition to judge accurately. The word, the sermon, means that the root foundation, the most basic definition of the sermon is to judge accurately. It is when you see something presented before you, you are to have discernment, not suspicion. What of us think discernment is suspicion? You need to have discernment to look at something and to judge accurately. In order to judge accurately, you must try to understand. You must look at something and have understanding. So the first thing the Bible says, in all you're getting, get understanding. In all you're getting, get what? Discernment, get comprehension, get interpretation. But discernment seems to be the one thing that Christians struggle with the most. To look at something, a relationship, a situation, a struggle, a victory, uh, whatever it is, and to judge, to discern accurately what they're up against, what are they dealing with. Right? Discernment is the process of making careful distinction in our thinking about truth. That's what the sermon is about. It's about making careful and accurate distinction uh, within our thinking about the truth. In other words, the ability to think with discernment is synonymous with the ability to think biblically. Why? Because at the end of the day, we need to, what are we seeking after? We are seeking truth. What is the true thing in this situation? In, my, in the struggle that I'm going in, what is the truth? Not what is the opinion, what is the truth? And we need to decide what is the absolute truth, not what is my truth. What is the absolute truth? A lot of people are recently to, uh, talking about, you, you, you speak about my truth. That's my truth, right? It's like this liberating statement, my truth, like as if our truth is, is dependent on how we feel. No, truth is truth, it's absolute. It's not, it's not dependent on, on what we think or how we feel. That is an opinion. And truth should guide your opinion, not the other way around. Truth is supposed to guide your opinion and not your opinion guide your truth. Okay. Because the whole point of truth is that it's, it, it doesn't change. That's the whole concept of truth. It remains the same. And we need to decide what is the absolute truth. So when we look at discerning something accurately, we need to be able to think biblically about that. Because ultimately, the Bible is the absolute truth. Right? Because nothing else can actually give you the plumb plum line. There's nothing really else that can give you the guiding uh, 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 instruction of how to live your life accurately. So when we talk about discernment, we're talking about how do we, how do we view something uh, and judge it accurately. But in essence, how do we think about that thing biblically? A lot of people, a lot of people exhibit little ability to measure the things that are taught against the infallible standard of God's Word. Very few people are able to measure the things they are taught against the standard of God's truth, the ultimate truth, right? Absolute truth. And they unwittingly, unwittingly engage in all kinds of unbiblical decision-making and behavior. In short, they are not armed to take decided biblical stand against the onslaught of unbiblical thinking and attitude that they face throughout the day. You are faced and you are bombarded with things that are unethical and unbiblical throughout the day. You and I are both. And a lot of people do not have the ability, do not have exhibit the ability to view those things and respond accurately. Right? It's important that we respond accurately to situations. We must have a response to how we view things. We must have a response. Right? 
And, the, and, and a lot of people do not have the understanding to look at a situation and discern accurately how, what that situation is or how that situation is affecting them. And because they can't discern what that is or how it's affecting them, they don't have a response. So they just go with the flow, right? They just go with whatever. Or they, or they take the opinion of somebody else as the truth. They take it on face value and say, well, that's it. Without ever questioning it or lining it up against what the, what the Word says. Right? So they give little thought to it. Discernment is the ability to look at something and decide whether it's true or, or a lie. That's ultimately what discernment is. That I can look at a situation, I can say this is the truth or this is a lie. Okay? But the problem is, is that really the, the, the major things of our lives, the major uh, 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 things that affect our lives are not so easy to discern. Because it's easy for you to look at a co-worker that's lied to you and say, you're not being truthful because you're on camera, therefore you are lying, right? So we have discernment because we have the facts. But the problem is when it comes to the things of our lives that we're involved in that seem to be a little bit muddy, we don't have the right discernment. So I'll give you an example. Uh, you're struggling with your kids, right? And now, instead of discerning what the problem is, you make a decision based on, on how you're going to treat your children or how you're going to raise your children. So no, you no longer look at them as a blessing, you look at them as something else. Right? So, so the word says that um, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Hosea 4.6 says my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because you have rejected knowledge. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. What you don't know is killing you. What you don't know is affecting your life. What you don't know is affecting how you're dealing with certain situations, right? You don't know how to raise your, or for instance, maybe you don't have discernment of how to raise your children and therefore you are not getting the blessing of the children, right? So the word says that, 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 that children are, are blessing their heritage from God, right? And it says the blessing of the Lord and makes rich and adds no sorrow. So anything that God gives to you makes you rich. It doesn't bring sorrow. So is it the fact that, that God made a mistake? It wasn't actually a blessing by giving your children? Or is it that we don't know how to necessarily uh, handle the blessing of children? Are you with me here this morning? Okay, well, children are a little bit easy because everyone thinks that the kids are a blessing, right? How about your spouse? Right? We start off great, right? The word says that uh, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and finds favor with the Lord, right? So if someone finds a wife, they find a good thing and they find favor with the Lord. Now you're struggling in your marriage. So is it that God didn't actually bless you in the first place with that wife? Or is it just that you don't know how to handle or how to handle the blessing of of a wife or a family or a spouse or whatever the case is. See, we need to have discernment. We need to look at something and discern accurately. You need to discern accurately. Because the way you discern, the way you judge whether the thing is a true or a lie is going to determine what your response is. And if your response is inaccurate, then guess what? Your, the result is going to be inaccurate. 
Remember we said discernment is the ability to think accurately or biblically about a situation. So if God says he who finds a wife finds a good thing and finds favor with God, then clearly it's a blessing. But then we get into a situation, we get a, uh, we get a, uh, um, you know, you go through a rough patch or whatever the case is. Now all of a sudden we're starting to question, God never gave me the blessing. Hold on, is it God never blessed you? Is, the, is it the word that is not correct? Is it the word that's inaccurate? Or is it your perception and your opinion of it that's incorrect? Right? You see what I'm talking about? You, 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 the truth needs to uh, determine your opinion, not your opinion determine the truth. Because truth is absolutely, it doesn't change. It doesn't change. It's either true or it's not. It doesn't change based on you and I feelings, and it doesn't change based on what, what, what is happening. It's either true or it's not. So the truth has to, has to uh, affect your opinion or the way you, you look at a thing or the way you think about the thing. It, it, it goes the same way. It goes into your marriage. It goes into your children. It goes into your workplace. It goes into your business. The what you're looking at and what you're experiencing, you need to discern accurately about what that thing is. So what does that have to do with storms and battles? The, the title of, my, of the series is called Storms and Battles. You see, here's the thing. In life, we go through some difficult things and some challenges. And we go through storms and we go through battles. The problem is we, have in, we interchange this, these two terms. I'm going through a storm, I'm going through a battle. They're not the same thing. And you need to discern the difference between the two. You need to look at your situation. You need to discern, is it a storm or is it a battle? Because those are two different things and they require different responses. Because if you do not respond to a storm accurately, you will drown. And if you do not res respond to a battle accurately, you will die. You will be killed, right? So I hope you have your ears, spiritual ears open this morning. Unless we discern properly what we are going through, we will not find victory in that thing. You cannot handle a battle the way you handle a storm, and you cannot handle a storm the way you handle a battle. You weather a storm, but you fight a battle. You weather a storm, but you fight a battle. If you're going to go out on, out on a boat, and a storm comes, and you try to come get your, get your sword out, or your weapon or your gun and you want to fight the storm, good luck because it's not going to work. And if you got to weather it, you got you to wait it out. you got to push through that thing. And if you're going to go into a battle and you're going to sit down without a weapon and say, I'm going to wait it out, guess what? You're going to be waiting out with your, with your head next to you, okay? Figuratively speaking. You must understand because your, your response is going to determine how, how you get out of that thing, either you're going to have victory or you're not going to have victory. You must understand if you're in a storm or if you're in a battle. Storms and battles are not governed by the same things. Storms and battles are not governed by the same thing. A storm is governed by seasons. Okay? I told you, you got you to pay attention this morning. Storms are governed by seasons. Battles are governed by territory. Okay? Storms are governed by seasons, battles are governed by territory. I won't go through both today. I'm going to cover the storms part this morning and then next week I'll cover the battle part. 
storms and seasons. So you have, we have seasons in our lives. We have seasons in the natural, right? So you have winter, summer, spring, autumn, all of them, there are seasons, they are set there. And God has placed seasons from the beginning. He even said, and it says, uh, 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 seed, seed time and harvest time will not disappear, right? As long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest time will not disappear. What is that? It's a season. There's a season to sow and there's a season to harvest. And God has placed seasons in the natural uh, way to govern how the earth works. And, here's, and, and here's the thing, in the spiritual it's the same. You have seasons that you go through in your life. Seasons in the natural are governed by time, by the rotation of the earth around the sun, right? And, okay, recently not so much. Seasons seem to, you know, uh, blend into one another. But you, generally we know the, this season lasts this long, this season lasts this long. You have a dry season, you have a rainy season, and it is governed by time. In the spiritual realm, seasons are not governed by time, they're governed by revelation. Pay attention. Seasons in the spiritual, and here's the thing, you are a spiritual being, I'm a spiritual being, so the seasons of my life most of the time are not governed by time. They're governed by revelation. What is revelation? Revelation is a revealing of something, right? If I, if I have, um, we always joke, when we were on Polo Kwani, we went to uh, a restaurant. It was like a fancy restaurant, the only fancy restaurant in Polo because it's a town. And uh, we went there and then they brought these two plates. And, uh, you know, it was covered by those Silver lids. And then they went, one, two, three, and then revealed, right? And, and we were like, oh. So <laughs> it was a bit disappointing. Anyway, um, what is so revelation is what? It's a revealing of something that's covered, right? So, so what did they do? They revealed, they gave revelation what was on the plate, and the revelation wasn't so great, to be honest with you. But they revealed. So what is revelation? Revelation is a revealing of the truth. Right? Revealing revelation, God speaks to us and God gives us revelation and revealing of the truth of uh, something that is hidden or something that needs to be revealed. And most of the time, by the way, revelation has to do with your own heart. That's the biggest revelation. That, that, that is revelation to you and I personally. God always speaks to us about the condition of our heart. So revelation is a revealing of the truth to us. Seasons in the spiritual in our lives are not governed by time. They're governed by revelation. See, see the problem is, is that seasons, if we do not have a revelation of what God is speaking to us, will, will, will turn into cycles. Okay. Okay. What's a cycle? It's, it's a... It's, you think you're going through a season, but the problem is you're just ending up at the same place as where you started. Seasons move forward. Seasons are about moving you forward. Cycles are about keeping you in the same place, but keeping you busy. And if you're not careful about how you respond to a season, you're going to turn the season into a cycle. Let me give you an example. Israel goes from... Egypt out of captivity into the wilderness. What? A season. Wilderness season. Dry season. Dry period. There's nothing around. Okay? 
talking about a season, right? So they walk into a wilderness period, by the way, being led by God. He leads them into a season of dryness, wilderness. That's supposed to take them 40 days. But because they do not have an understanding of what God is trying to reveal to them, the season becomes a cycle. And even their path around the wilderness turns into a cycle. They go around the mountain for 40 years. What do they do? They think they're moving forward, but because they're not allowing God to walk on their heart, the condition of their heart, the season becomes a cycle. And they end up in the same place, and the same place, and the same place, and the same place, never getting out of there. Until a generation has to break the cycle. Seasons turn into cycles. If you find yourself in the same place, year after year, two years, three years, same, same issue, same story. You're not in a season, you're in a cycle. And that cycle can only be broken by revelation. That's why I keep telling you, do not camp where you are at. You have to, a season is about moving forward. It's not about staying where you are. See, so many of us go through seasons that are God-ordained, but don't recognize and don't discern the season that you're in, and you end up getting hardened because here's the thing. Uh, 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 in the Hebrews, it talks about do not uh, harden your heart as what the Israelites did in the wilderness. Why? Because the moment you harden your heart in a season, guess what? You cut yourself off from what God is trying to speak to you and give you revelation about, which is the very thing that's going to get you out of the season that you're in. And if you harden your heart, which is what the season is about, is about revealing something about your heart. If you harden your heart, you turn yourself into a cycle. And cycles are really bad. And cycles can happen anyway. Cycles can happen with your own personal life. Cycles can happen as a family. Cycles can happen as a church. And we don't accurately identify and discern what we're going through when we say we're just going through a season. Well, hold on. This season seems a lot like the season we went through five years ago. And that season seemed like a lot like the season we went through the five years before that. So is it a season or is it a cycle? I'm speaking some uh, deep things this morning, so I want you to pay attention. So what did I say in the beginning? Get understanding get the sermon the the number one question you need to ask in a season or whatever you're going through firstly god is this a season or is this a battle because i need to i need to understand how to respond because seasons about me seasons about my heart battles are about me taking territory and they require different things because a season requires for me to look in look inward about what you're speaking to me about, speaking to me, speaking to the family, speaking to a church, speaking to a business. What are you speaking to me about in this season? A battle looks at what are we doing out there and how do we fight this thing? Or how do we win this thing with your help? That's what a battle is about. So firstly, you need to understand, am I in a battle or am I in a season? And if I am in a season, then you need to ask, God, give me understanding about what it is that I need to learn in this situation. What, it is, what is it that I need to learn about this? God took Egypt, uh, took Israel out of Egypt, right? 
But he needed to get Egypt out of Israel. That was the whole point of the wilderness. That was the whole point of the dry season. That was the whole point of taking him through a season of not abundance, but of lack or whatever the case is. And you go through seasons. You will go through a season where you will feel abandoned. Nobody's around. You will go through a season where it's dry financially. Now, recognize, is it a season or is it a cycle? Because if you were at the same place five years ago, then it's a cycle. And I, look, I'm not, I'm not saying it's easy to change financial position. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that what is, how do we look at it? How do we think about it? Because if we're trying to do the same thing to try to get out of what we were five years ago and we find ourselves in the same place and we're trying to do the same thing, it's a cycle. And it has to be broken. So how do you break a cycle? You, do, you, you break it, you take a, a different turn. You don't go left, you go right. And you change what the cycle is about. That requires input, it requires understanding, it requires seeking God, it requires educating, it requires knowledge. It requires a lot of things from us. But the moment you recognize that you're in a cycle or a season, it gives you the understanding of, it, it's a starting point of, of getting understanding of how do I get out of this thing. What do I need to learn in the season that I'm at? Is it a forgiveness issue? Is it a grace issue? Is it a heart issue? Is it a mind issue? What is it that I need to learn in the season that I'm at? Because there is something, God is not a sadist. He is not just like, oh, just let them go through wilderness, they'll figure it out. He says he knows the, the, he knows the, 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 the hairs that are on your head. He, he says he, he, he knows the moment a bird drops from the air. So you thinking you're going through a season and God's not around, it's, it's completely illogical. Let's use our minds, right? He knows exactly what he's doing. And if we're following God, God will lead, God will lead us into different seasons. And if he's the one that's leading us, he's the one that, that knows what he's doing. And he's the one that we need to be seeking about what he's trying to do. What is it that he's trying to reveal? What is the revelation that I need to get in the season? Because the moment you get the revelation, that is when the season ends. Spiritual seasons and life seasons are not governed by time. They're governed by revelation. And if you will understand and if you seek revelation and seek God and get into Him and into His presence and seek His face, God will start to speak things to you that will cause you to get out of finish that season. A season can take six years or it can take six days. Why would a journey that's supposed to take 40, 40 days take 40 years? If, if it's only supposed to take 40 days, then hey, it's all about a revelation. It's about what needs to go, what needs to happen. So I want to progress. We want to progress. I find three references in the Word, and if you find more, please let me know. But three, these are the three that I know of that I can find. Is that every time there was a wilderness period, God led that person or that group into the wilderness. Because not the devil. Some of you are fighting the wrong person. Some of you are fighting the wrong person. Some of you are fighting the devil so much you just need to look in the mirror. I'm being serious. 
Because some of us are fighting the wrong person. And it's wonderful because that's a great strategy of the enemy. Fight the enemy, but they're not the issue. Then you're fighting a ghost that doesn't, it's not even involved. So we go through a wilderness period and we're like, the devil is messing with No, it's not. He's not messing with you. And that's why discernment is so important. Because if you will understand that it's not the enemy that's messing around with you, you can understand, hey, hold on. If it's not the enemy, then I have control over this thing. Even though you have, you have uh, authority over the enemy, you have control of what's happening in the, in, the, in the season. You need to discern accurately where you're at. Because if you don't, you will find yourself very busy with the wrong person or the wrong thing. Instead of looking at the mirror, we're looking at some at some third party out there because it's easier. It's easier to fight the devil than what it is to fight ourselves. It's easier to put the blame on the devil than to look at the responsibility that we have about where we're at. So I spoke about Israel. Israel gets led out of the wilderness. God leads Israel out of Egypt into the wilderness. But they don't discern accurately. They don't, uh, 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 they don't respond accurately. And they turn a season into a cycle. Something that was supposed to take 40 days takes 40 years. And the problem is, and watch how a cycle, if it's not broken, works. God still leads Israel, a second generation that's broken out of the wilderness, into the promised land. But if you have read Judges, you'll find that they still end up in a cycle because of what they didn't learn in the wilderness. Because, and they never get victory over the promise. They never attain the promise. They, the promised land is right there, but they never attain it. They're in the promised land. They're in the place where God has promised them, their forefathers, where they will be, and they never get to possess it. Because they're still stuck in a cycle. And you find that the cycle that happened in the wilderness just perpetuates and becomes bigger because it, it was just a group. Now all of a sudden it's a whole nation. That eventually they come full circle and end up in the same places where they started. They were in Egypt under captivity and over a couple of hundred years they end up in Babylon under captivity. Why? Because the revelation what God was trying to do was never dealt with. And you take something that was supposed to take 40 days, turn it into 40 years, and take it, take it into 400 years. Because of a season that was not discerned accurately. Because of a season that was, uh, instead of trying to understand, I need to be understood. Instead of trying to understand what God is doing, God, you need to understand what I'm going through. Don't you understand? Don't you? Don't you? Why? Why? Why did you bring us into the... Why did you bring us out of the... Which means just take us back to captivity and self-fulfilling prophecy, prophecy they were. They go through a cycle in the wilderness and they go through a cycle in the promised land where basically they, they, God raises up a, a judge. They, they go well for a while. Then they slip back into sin. Then, they, then somebody takes them over and then they cry out to God and say, God, help us. And God raises another judge and he leads them out. 
and then it goes well for a while, and then they mess up again, and then they cry out to God, and then it happens for the whole book of Judges. It's actually a very boring story, to be honest with you. It's just like, guys, it's, it's, it's like on repeat. And they don't discern. So Israel was, was what, and, and they take that same thing and they take it through and it just becomes bigger and bigger and bigger where eventually they break apart and Babylon takes them into captivity once again. They're right back where they started. Second example is Jesus being led into the wilderness. Now here's somebody that actually did it well. Jesus gets baptized, the heavens open, God looks upon Jesus and says, uh, He is my beloved Son, who I'm well pleased. And then says, And then He was led into the wilderness by the Spirit. But I thought He was being tempted in this. Yes, He was being tempted, but He was not led there by the devil. He was led there by the Spirit of God. Why? To do what? To deal with His heart. Because the very things that He's being tempted with has to do with His identity and His heart. And his purpose, because uh, uh, the devil says to him, well, if you're really the son of God and question your identity, you will turn these, these rocks into bread. And he responds accurately, understanding what he's in. He's in the wilderness. He's led there by God. And he is there to learn something or to be tested or to reveal a certain character trait that either is fine or needs to be dealt with or in line with God. For 40 days. Right? And he gets through the three different, the three different uh, tests and the enemy leaves him. And then the word says that the angels came to minister to him. He, he, Jesus accurately discerned the season that he was in. The word doesn't say that he's tested and then goes to God and says, God, why are you, why am I doing this? Why am I here? You just said I did the right thing. I mean, you literally opened up the heavens and said, ah, here's my son in womb. Well, please, why am I here now? Isn't that how we, how we often do it? Isn't that how we, we do God? We have this uh, 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 victory in God. We have this encounter with God. And almost immediately, we're in a wilderness period. And instead of recognizing what we're in, we're crying to God and, and blaming God. Why? Why did you do this? Why? If you just change the tone and change the heart of the questions, you might actually get an answer. Instead of going and say, God, why did you do this? Change the tone and the heart of the question. Say, God, why am I here? God, why did you do this? Why? What, am I, what do I need to learn? There's a completely different approach to it. If one is, of, one is trying to understand and the other one is trying to be understood. Can't you understand? I just went through this thing and you, you, know, you, you said I did the right thing and you said I'm great and now I'm going through this thing. Yeah. One is I'm trying to be understood, have a bad attitude. The other one is trying to understand. The third one is here's where the storm comes in. Because remember we're talking about seasons. You can have a dry season, you can have a stormy season. It all has to do with seasons. The disciples are lit, uh, lit um, the disciples in the boat with Jesus. Mark 4, 35 to 39. It says, On the day when evening had come, he said to them, He said to them, Let us cross to the other side. 
Now when they had the multitude, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in, in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that it was already filling. Verse 38, but he was in the stem, asleep on a pillow, how rude, and they awoke him, awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to, uh, said to the sea, Peace, be still, and the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? Why is it that you have no faith? Why is it that you have no faith? So here's the thing. The disciples are with Jesus and he says, it says that he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now, being God, I would assume that he knew there was a storm coming. It's not like the storm comes and God's like, what? I didn't read the weather report. I'm sorry, guys. I never knew. He knows exactly where, where they're going and he knows exactly what's happening. He says, come guys, let's go. And they go, yeah, this is great with, with Jesus. He's just healed people. He just fed people. This is amazing. Had an encounter with God. And then they, they're in a storm. And they're freaking out. Why? Because the storm is so hectic, they're about to drown. Because the, the word says that the boat was already filling. So now here's the decision. What do we do in a storm? Are we going to fight the storm? Are we going to take out our, 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 our swords and try to fight the storm? And they, they're freaking out because they're going, to, they're going to die. They're going to drown. What do they do? They're like, where is this guy? Where is this Jesus? He told us we must come. Where have we seen him work, man? Because then they wake him up. He's asleep. That should give you the first hint that he's not worried. He's asleep. He's not running out of there. Guys, did you see the storm? Turn around. Jesus is asleep. And they go and they wake him up and they're freaking out. Like, what, what's wrong with you? And here's the thing. They ask him, do you not care that we are perishing? And he comes out and is like, okay. It's probably like, I can just imagine Jesus like just drowsy and say, what, what, where's the storm? What's happening? Oh, this thing. And he calms the storm down and he turns to them and he says, uh, what did, let me just get, uh, why are you so fearful and why is it that you have no faith? Why is it that you have no faith? And you know what? I, we, I've used to read it and I'm going to give you a little bit of a different point of view on the scripture. I used to read it to say, Jesus was saying to them, why don't you have faith to calm the storm yourself? Right? Isn't it? What was the question? They asked him, do you not care that we are perishing? Right? That's the question. And what does he say? Comes the storm and says, why are you have so little faith? So I don't believe that he was telling, he was getting upset with them about why couldn't you calm the storm yourself? I believe that he was responding to the question of why do you not care? Do you not care that we are perishing? And he says, why do you have so little faith in me about how much I love you? Because that was the question. If the question was, why don't you care that we are perishing, right? And he comes out and he calms the storm and he says, why were well, you of little faith? He was responding to a question. 
And when you go through a season that's stormy, when the, 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 you know, the, 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 the waves are beating around your boat, you need to remember who's in your boat. Got to remember who's in your boat. And he's not worried. And instead of going, God, don't you care that I'm drowning? We should learn what he's doing. He's resting. He's not freaking out. How often do you go through a storm and you flip out? You freak out. We're going to drown to get out of here. You're freaking out. Jesus is in the boat with you. If you have discerned accurately that you are in a season, He's in there with you. And it might be a stormy season, it might be a dry season, but He's still with you. And He's not freaking out. And He's actually trying to get you to understand that, hey, hold on, I'm still here. Instead of trying to be understood, try to understand. Because if you're going through a storm, firstly, He's in the boat with you. Secondly, it's a season. Because storms are governed by seasons. And what is a season governed by? Revelation. That storm will cease the moment you understand what, 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 what season you're in and the revelation that you need to have. Part of this was understanding that, they, that Jesus loves them. Part of any revelation that you get, not part of the, the, the crux of any revelation that you get, the, the thing that God reveals, God reveals something very specific, but at the, at the root of it, the base of it, when you break it down, it's very simple. God loves you. And He's with you. And He does not leave you nor forsake you. It begins and ends with Jesus. Remember that how when, I, when we spoke about Nehemiah and, and the walls of Jerusalem, how I said it started with the sheep gate. It started with the sheep gate. It starts and ends with Him. And you, 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 you start with Jesus and then you uh, reach out and then you get a bit of word and what's the next thing? The valley gate. What is that? That's a, it's a season. It's a dry season. It's a stormy season. It's whatever season you want to call it whatever season you, you find yourself in. And remember in the valley, I said to you that it is in, uh, this, in the palm trees that are in the desert, in a dry season, that they still produce fruit even in the dry season. That when we are rooted in God, when we are founded in God, when we, are, uh, when we find our security in God, and even in the dry season, in the stormy season, God is in the boat and I know who is with me. It starts and ends with Him. Because if God is the one that leads you into a season, He is the one that has the answer for that season. We must stop using seasons as an excuse as to, the, 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 are we just going through a season? Well, if you're going through a season, and seasons are God-ordained, then there's something that God needs you and I to learn in that season. And stop saying that it's a season as, oh, you know, it's for a period of time. Yes, it might be. The question is, how long is that? And the question is, is that period of time going to turn into a cycle? Are you actually going to learn something from, from the season that you're in? Maybe you're going through a season financially that it's dry. There's something that you need to learn from that. 
There's something that God is speaking to you specifically about that season that you need to implement, that you need to put into practice, that maybe you need to step out in faith. Maybe God is putting you in a comfortable position where you finally need to get off off your backside and start that thing that you've been threatening to do for 10 years. Waiting for the right time. Waiting for the right moment. Newsflash, here's a word from God. There's never the right moment. There's never the right time. If God is speaking to you, then do whatever it is that He's saying to you to do. Because God cares, God cares about you. God cares about me. And He's not going to allow us to go through a season and say, Oh, yeah, I've forgotten. Oh, oh yeah. Crap. That's Boyan. I forgot I left him there. It doesn't work like that. God doesn't forget that He leaves you in a season. He knows exactly where you're at. What He's trying to do is build up some maturity and some strength. Because here's the thing. Seasons prepare you for battles. Israel went through a season in the wilderness to do what? To prepare them for battle in the, in, in the promised land. The promise that you are, that God has placed on you, whatever the God has placed on you as a promise is the promised land. But here's the thing. Learn from Israel. The promised land isn't something, or the promise is not something that you just walk into. The promises of God, the promised land is something that God leads you into, but tells you to to take possession of. What's that? That's a battle. And you have to go through a season in order to prepare you for the battle that's ahead of you in the promised land for attainment of the promise. Because we all think that the promises, you know, that the God has placed on us are just hunky-dory. We're just going to walk in there and oh, whoopee-doo-dah, you know, everything is great, magic. You, you're a businessman and you start a business and all of a sudden you have a million, million bucks in the, in, the, in, the, in the bank and... That's it. You didn't have to do anything. You didn't have to work. You didn't have to uh, press in. You didn't have to fight a little bit. You had to do nothing. Just by virtue of the fact that God promised you, that's how it is. It doesn't work like that. God has promised you that you will be a, a business person who has placed that on you. Guess what? You're going to walk in there, but you're going to have to go through some battles to attain the promise. That was the whole point of why, why, why Israel went into, into Canaan. They had to do what? They had to drive out the inhabitants of the territory. It's a battle. So whatever promise you have from God, the season has a purpose. And the season is about preparing you for the battles that are ahead in the promise that God has given you. God will not send you into battle without giving you revelation. And the first revelation that you deal with is that God loves you and God cares for you. In the midst of the wilderness, in the midst of the storm, God is with you. And God is in essence trying to teach you, hey, I'm still in the boat. Because when you have to go battle, you've got to understand who's behind you. And who you're going to battle with and on behalf of. And unless you go through a season where it's dry, when there's nobody around. You go through a season where there's nobody around. Where nobody's helping you. 
There's nobody, there's nobody handing you out and you're going through a financial uh, tough season and there's nobody, you're starting something new and there's nobody, nobody's supporting you. Guess what? It's in preparation for where you got to go. Because you need to learn reliance upon God and not reliance upon yourself when you want to go and fight and take up territory. Because if you're going to find, if you're, if you're never going to get to the point where you learn reliance on God, you're going to go walk into a battle empty-handed. You're going to go to a gunfight with a stick. And you're going to lose. Because you're going there in your own strength. Seasons by themselves in God, those ones that are challenging the valley seasons, the dry seasons, the stormy seasons, have the very purpose of making you reliant upon God and knowing who's in your boat, knowing who's in your corner, knowing who has your back. Because when you want to go fight, you got to know who's, who's behind you, on whose behalf you're fighting. If you go, go into a fight, you want to take up territory and you're going to go there without the backing of God, without knowing that He is with you, that He's the one that's, that's fighting with you, you're going to lose that fight very quickly. And too many people, I believe, are going into taking position and taking territory and claiming, claiming everything that they can have without having gone through seasons and are getting upset because God is not coming through for them based on what He spoke to them about. God says, go start a business. Great, but here's the thing. You might have needed to have gone through some seasons before you start the business to understand who's with you. To have developed reliance upon God. Because the thing, the seasons that your business is going to go through, it's going to require leadership from you to understand where and discerning accurately where the business needs to go. That is why the whole, our, 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 our theme has been pursuit of God. Because it starts and ends with Him. He's the author and the finisher of your faith. The good work that He began in you, He shall, He's faithful to complete. It starts with Him. Please don't go through a season without with saying, you know, having uh, no regard for God. Because He's the one that needs to give you the revelation that you need to make the season in so that you can progress towards the promised land. 